morning guys it's a it's a wonderful morning it's lucky to have the kids i might just say to you as parents you guys have you guys have raised incredible children eh? i think we can agree as as the assembly like guys are just your kids are are doing fantastically well and having kids <clears throat> as part of the service is not a it's not like a inconvenience or a or actually a, a, a problem and it doesn't matter if there's a little bit of noise actually that's okay you know this is family and we're part of it. So if the service is a little bit noisier than usual, just deal with it. If your kids are laying down, lay, claim more mines in the corner, maybe just pull them back a little bit. But generally, let's just let's enjoy the morning together. And it seems like God actually has wanted to almost just orient the service a little bit around the kids this morning. So I'm going to keep it a little bit shorter than usual so that I don't um, exasperate either the children or yourselves. Um, but... <laughs> I must admit, in the in the in the prep this morning for for this morning this week, I was like, "Yo, Lord, I've got kids in this service. It's difficult. How do you preach something that's relatable to kids?" And I was like, "Ah, oh, it would have actually been easier if the kids were in kids' church." And the Lord said to me, "Matthew 19 verse 14. Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven." And I was like, whoa, sorry, Lord. <laughs> welcome, kids. You guys are very welcome with us. And um, it's interesting that, you know, if you look at just preceding this, what's actually happening is the Pharisees, which are the adults and the, the so-called big brains of that time, are actually quizzing Jesus around his theology. They're asking him about what does he understand around marriage and divorce. And they're actually trying to entrap him. They're trying to catch him out. Um, and he goes straight after that, he actually moves into this little thing where the kids are then brought to him and, he say, and the, the disciples want to push them away. And he says, no, let them come. Let them be part of what um, I want, I'm doing on the earth. Let the children come to me because for, such, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. So it got me thinking, like, why? Why does the kingdom of heaven belong to kids? What is it about their nature? What is it about them that actually gets God to say something like that. So I prepared a preach, and I'll show you guys, yeah. There's like a preach that's in black, and there's a whole lot of stuff in, in, in red that God added this morning. So, yeah, I feel like this is something which is really on the, the heart of the Lord this morning. But, you know, there's two, two elements. So there's one is the nature of Jesus that I want to talk about. The other is the nature of children and how that can be related to our own hearts. So the nature of Jesus is that actually... He wasn't this man of glory, this man of power for the hour who arrived and, you know, he kind of floated on water and he was unapproachable and no one would dare bring their children around him because that's the man of God and we don't come into his, you know, circle because he's elite. No, 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 no. Actually, Jesus is preaching in the open. He's there for everyone to see. Everyone has access to him. No one is beneath him and no one is undeserving of his time and attention. And I think that's just such a beautiful part of the heart of God, isn't it? That it doesn't matter who you are, whether you're five years old or whether you're 105 years old, God wants you to come to Him. He wants you to come unto Him. And, um, and, and what's interesting for me is like, I, try and, I really, I don't know how you guys read your Bible, but I hope you read it like I do. So I'm, I'm, I'm putting myself in Jesus' position. So you've got these Pharisees that are the wise men and they're grilling Him, eh? They're interrogating him. They're really going after him. And straight after that, he gets the kids coming to him. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I have limited capacity. 
And if I've had a particularly taxing day or a particularly taxing meeting, sometimes when my kids run to me, I'm kind of like, hey, guys, just give me five minutes. Just let dad decompress a little bit. But Jesus actually transitions straight out of that into the presence of these kids. And he says to them, come on, come on up. Let's be, come and be part of what I'm doing. And I'm pretty sure that as these kids came up, I think to myself, like, what would I do, you know? And he probably, he's, he's blessing them and he's looking in their eyes and I'm sure he's getting some divine um, knowledge of who they are. So maybe he's sharing a little word of knowledge or a prophecy with them. And, you know, there's this beautiful interaction that's happening. And in, and in the time of Israel, it was a big thing for fathers to bless their children. They would literally lay hands and say, I bless you. I bless you. I bless you. So I'm sure he was blessing the next generation knowing that many of the future followers, many of the future leaders would come out of this crop of children that were in front of them. And I want to say to you, it's exactly the same for us today. There's a group of Motor X riding Eli's at the back over there. We've probably got one or two stage performers like Skylar. We've got some horse riding girls over there. It's going to be amazing. We've got little Lego building gun guys over here in the front. There's who knows what potential lies amongst the youth that's among us this morning. And Jesus saw something of that. And I want to say to you that I believe that we see something of that as well. So the nature of the Lord is to bring people to him. But then the nature of children is also something that we can learn from. And I'm going to speak generally here because there are obviously the exceptions. But I haven't seen any of the exceptions here this morning. So you guys are doing great. But kids are generally, not every second of the day, but generally quite humble and quite polite. When they come into the presence of Adults, or they come into the presence of strangers, they'll kind of like, you know, they won't come in like going, sure, hey, here I am, you know, Sean, main man, you actually need to be blessed by my presence. They'll come in humbly, and their parents will try to usher them in in a respectful way. And I think sometimes we as adults can forget that in the way that we interact with each other, and perhaps sometimes even in the way we interact with God. We can almost rush into his presence without a sense of holy fear and almost start demanding of God to meet our needs. But God, you said, you've promised, I deserve. Actually, we don't deserve anything. Everything that we get is a gift from the Lord. So there is something about that humility, that politeness, that, that almost a sense of, hey, I understand that you are a holy God. And I do approach you boldly, but with respect with politeness, with humility, I come into your presence. And that doesn't mean we don't have to have a lack of authority and we don't have to have a lack of confidence, but we can come into his presence in a humbly, humble way, not thinking too highly of ourselves. And then what I just felt the Lord just want to put on my heart for this morning, because this is the stuff that's in red, it's just a reminder to parents, like as we go into the holiday time now, there's going to be some unique challenges that you're going to be facing because some of you have had to take leave in order to be at home with them. Perhaps you're trusting them to other people to look after them during this, this process. But parents, we need to be teaching our kids to be humble and polite, right? Especially when they're coming into adult company. We need to be teaching them that when mom and dad are talking or when dad and another dad are talking, we don't just burst in and come and grab and start pulling and just break into that situation, but that we can teach them. And if they do, it's not being rude or embarrassing to actually just say, excuse me, Rian, just give me a moment. Actually, my boy, can you see Uncle Rian's talking? Why don't you just, just give us a moment? We will be with you. I see you. 
just give me a moment, and you finish the conversation. And what we're actually teaching our children is we're teaching them to be godly kids, right? We're teaching them this thing that attracts, where we get to the scripture which says, for to, for to those is entrusted the kingdom of heaven. So we're teaching our children how to break their way into conversations that are going to ultimately help them to be more godly. And when people will look at them, they'll look at your children and go, wow, you've got very well-raised kids, and you can give them the background. Well, actually, you know what? I raised my kids along biblical foundations, right? Does that make sense? Teach them to greet adults warmly. Now, understand some of, us have, some of our kids have got a little bit of anxiety and they can't just break in. And, and this is not broad strokes. I'm giving you just some standard handles. But teach your kids how to greet. Vernon and John Reed, good friends of ours, guys. <laughs> They've been friends with me for over 20 years. And we were talking last night around the dinner table. And he was saying one of the things he's noticed with um, some of the kids that are in his daughter's friendship circle is that they will just blatantly ignore adults that are in their home. So they just won't even acknowledge the fact that you're actually even alive. And I just thought there's something so deeply wrong about that, hey? And it's our responsibility as parents, and actually it's our responsibility as the church to help lead our children. So I don't think any of us as parents should be getting offended if somebody comes and just lovingly, and I put emphasis on the word lovingly, helps your child right in a certain circumstance. I would, I would be okay if you did that. I really would, because ultimately, aren't we trying to build the next generation of godly children into godly adults? So I believe these things are, it might seem semi-practical, and you're going, sure, what has this got to do with church? But actually, doesn't the Bible say, train up a child in the way that he should go? And when he's old, he won't depart from it. So we can't completely ignore these things because we feel like, well, maybe I'm going to step on one or two people's toes. No, actually, as a family, we've got to have these conversations. There's times where, as a dad, I'll pull the family together and go, listen, guys, hey, the back wheel's getting a bit rickety. The bumper's about to come off. The kids are on the hooter the whole time. Like, we actually seem to slow the vehicle down, and we need to just kind of do a little bit of an audit and see which areas need a little bit of care. So in order for us to get our kids into a position where they are those that will inherit the kingdom of God. We need to just, obviously, just be them. We need to train them up. And it can be difficult. It really can. I've got three kids. Hopefully, most of you guys have had an opportunity to meet them and spend some time with them. I think they're pretty good kids. They're not perfect, but I think they're pretty good. <laughs> they're pretty good kids. And there is an aspect of that that took work. You see, when, when my kids are sitting at the table and we've got visitors in the house and they say something that's inappropriate, I have to take action in that moment. I have to kind of just go, sorry guys, listen, actually, Tatum, Dane, Connor, that wasn't an appropriate thing to do. And I teach them in front of them, not to break them down, not to embarrass them, but to show them that there's consequence for what they do when they're in the presence of other people. This is called leadership and you should be leading your family. Single moms, You've got to have this in your lives. If you don't have it in your lives, the dads, the men in this is going to be a challenge for us. We need to step into these situations and help our moms. We can't just go, oh, that's your problem, sister. You deal with it. No, actually, I'm going to get you some stats in a moment that's going to show us that it is actually all of our problems. Point number two around kids is kids are generally quite teachable and they're quite obedient. They, they understand that they don't understand everything. 
They do. If I have to ask William to tell me how to make a cake, I'm pretty sure William is quite comfortable to say, I don't know. You know? And I think there's something about that understanding of I don't have all of the answers, I'm not completely dependent on myself, that actually attracted the blessing of God. You see, because as adults, we start to get into that place where we quite think we're quite self-sufficient. I can do a lot of this stuff myself. I don't really need to inquire of the Lord. It's not blatant sin, so I'll just crack on and hopefully God will catch me along the way. Where kids are actually very dependent as they're going into situations that they're not comfortable with, they will ask for input. And generally, when they get that input, they would be obedient. And sometimes they're not obedient, and then we have to help them be obedient, right? Because that's what parents do. They also have a thirst for understanding and knowledge. So I'm sure those children that came into the presence of Jesus were sitting with him and were asking him questions. Jesus, how did you, how did you turn the water into wine? Jesus, how did you take the two fish and the five loaves and turn it into 5,000? How did that work? I'm sure they were asking questions. They were trying to get some knowledge from them. And I think sometimes we need to be like that too. Lord, how does this thing work out for me? How do I be this? How do I do that? How do I not do this? What's the safe boundaries that you're putting in place for me? And through that, we actually attract the blessing of heaven and we become those who can be said of them. The kingdom of heaven belongs to such as them. But the problem that it is, or the problem that we have, is that our kids are generally quite open for that, in, that, that, uh, that input into their lives, but we're not necessarily. See, because I'm a business owner, I run 50 people in my company, so who are you to tell me what I should be doing? Who are you to speak into my life about how I spend my money? Why should I give my money to the church? It's just a money-making racket. But to those who are led by good leaders that are humble and are accountable and open, that there's something of that that attracts the blessing of heaven onto people's lives. And as we allow people into our lives, we can be trained and taught and molded into become more like Jesus. And we can let go of the pride and the arrogance that can sometimes actually move us away from people because we go, well, actually, I'm an adult now. I don't need to take any instruction from anybody. And we don't want to instruct you. We want to help you. The other interesting thing about it is that with kids, they're very teachable. They like to get information. The trouble with it is, is that not all of us are actually teaching our children. And this is not necessarily through a lack of want. It could be a lack of ability. It could be a lack of time. So I've got some statistics that I wanted to share with you from the U.S. Health Department census that was done a couple of years ago. So this is U.S.-based states. I obviously couldn't get stats for SA. 24 million children, or 34% of children in the U.S. live without their biological father being present at home. 34%, 24 million. Nearly 20 million children, which is 27% of the population, live in single-parent homes. I don't know if we did the statistics. It would probably be relatively similar in this, in our congregation, because we do have a lot of single moms that are doing great jobs, and I honor you, and we're with you guys. Here's another stat. Children who live absent of their biological fathers are on average two to three times more likely to be poor, to live absent, uh, to use drugs and experience, to use drugs, 
to experience health, emotional, and behavioral problems, to become victims of child abuse, and to engage in criminal behavior. They are two to three more times, times more likely to fall into those traps when they don't have the biological dad or a dad in the house. Men, my fellow brothers, we've got a lot of work to do. We've got a lot of work to do. Because I want to tell you something. If we are not discipling the children in this congregation, if we are not discipling the children in our immediate area of, of influence, can I tell you who is? Any guesses? The world. And what form is the world taking? Social media. TikTok. Kids, how many kids have heard, heard of TikTok? How many of you regularly use TikTok? Okay. Yes, I'm not shouting if you are. You're not in trouble. So, here's some other interesting things. YouTube and TikTok, as well as average social media usage in teenage kids, the usage statistics are around seven and a half hours per day. Seven and a half hours per day. Now, that's in 24 hours, but think about this. If your child goes to bed at 8 o'clock and wakes up at 6 o'clock, you can minus 10 hours because they're not actually conscious during those times. So if we now take their conscious hours, we move down to 14 hours, which means that the majority of their awake time is spent on a screen of, of some sort, be it a TV, an iPad, an iPhone. And very often, I'm not judging anybody here, very often we're the ones that's giving it to them because we're sitting at the restaurant and it's actually quite inconvenient to have them being naughty to take the phone. Now, I'm not saying that's never, I'm not, um, please hear me before I get stoned walking at you. I'm not saying that makes you a bad parent, and I'm not saying that that is not appropriate in certain circumstances. But what I do want to bring to your attention very seriously is that more than 50% of your child's day as a teenager is spent online. And you don't have a lot of influence over what's being said. But actually you do. You see, I want to ask you as a parent, are you actually asking your children who they subscribe to on YouTube? Have you actually gone and done any research whatsoever into who those influencers are? And they are called influencers because they do exactly that. They influence there's lots of kids here today. How many of you kids know about that drink called Prime? Put your hand up. All right, so we got, okay. So I'd say probably 80% of the children in this place have heard of Prime. How many of you guys have had Prime? Two. Okay, three. That, I'm not, once again, I'm not fighting with anybody. But Prime is a drink that's actually not very different from any of the other energy drinks. In fact, it's not very good for your children, just so by the way. It's not good for your children. But the fact is, it became a craze in schools because an online influencer said it's very cool to drink this drink. So parents are lining up and people don't know, don't call me a sheep. You mustn't call me a sheep in church. I don't want to be a sheep. Let me tell you something. We're a sheep in the world or a sheep in the church. You're a sheep. You're a sheep. We follow what's popular and we go with what people are telling us to do. And it's very cool. And our kids make demands of us. 
I have to have Chris Prime or whatever it's called because everyone at school's got it and they're all coming with their bottles to show that they've got an I don't have a daddy and I'm going to look like I'm a loser. Okay, that's all right. Teach your kid to be a loser. It's going to happen sometime in their life. None of us are perfect. None of us win everything. It's not a popularity contest. Being a parent is not a popularity contest. We need to train our kids up in the ways that they should go. If you need practical handles, please come and ask. There's some really, really good practical stuff that we can do. So I'm just checking my time. Practical things that you can do to control how your kids are interacting with the outside world. There's restrictions you can put on on, uh, YouTube. There's monitoring software you can put on. Do I trust my children online? No, I don't. I do not. And if you think that makes me a bad parent, then I'm happy. I will take that label. I'm a bad parent. Do you know why I'm a bad parent? Because I have been in the situation with my daughter where she was watching something on YouTube Kids that in the middle of a video, very offensive stuff came up in that video and she turned it and ran downstairs to me and said, and she was visibly shaken. That is on YouTube Kids, which is a forum that is targeted specifically at your children. I cannot abdicate my responsibility as a parent to YouTube and TikTok. I can't do it and I can't let you do it. I've got to spur you into it. I've got to say to you guys, I'm not coming at you with condemnation today to say you're doing a bad job. Because I'm a parent too, I understand what it feels like. Sometimes you just want 20 minutes for yourself. It's true. We do. Okay, just... So I want to encourage you. When God, when God, this, last night when God started speaking to me, he said to me, Sean, are you willing to be unpopular for me? And I said, oh, Lord, I'll be unpopular. And right now, some of the kids that are liking their TikTok and their YouTube are going, ooh, frack, Uncle Sean has now spoken, and Mom's going to come home, and she's just cutting off all the YouTube. Please don't do that. Please don't do that, because your kids are going to resent me. And the first chance they get, they're going to run out of this church because they're going to think that all Sean wants to do is just kill my fun. I don't want to do that. But use this as an opportunity to sit with your children and have a conversation with them. And say to them, guys, who are you watching? Who's the, bi- who's the biggest influencer out there? And they might say to you, well, I don't know, these guys all got funny names, so it might be Skinny Marink. Go to Skinny Marink's channel on YouTube and go and look at his bio and see what does he stand for? What's his agenda? What's his worldview? What is he subtly teaching your children? that you need to now unteach when you're already tired. Does it make sense? Sometimes not doing something actually is going to cost you more in the long run than just doing something in the moment and going, actually, no, we don't do that in this family. We set standards. We help our kids. You are the parent. They are the children. If I can, let me empower you this morning again. Dads, maybe some of us need to actually just stand up in our homes again and go, actually, you know what? I'm the dad. I've been given the responsibility by God. I will be held accountable by God, and I'm going to stand up and do my job. And men, some of us need to rally around our single, the single moms, and we need to be, hey, sometimes there's discipline that needs to be meted out. I'm not saying go in there, punches flying, but sometimes we just need to sit down with the kid and say, actually, you know what? That is your mommy, and you need to respect her. 
and we are going to help you to respect her. So when you don't, mommy's going to phone me. I'm going to come and talk to you. Not because I hate you, not because I don't want you, but because I actually want you to be the best version of yourself that you can be. Does it make sense? I'm not trying to bring a heavy on anybody here. What I think I'm trying to say to you is that parents, we are with you in this fight. And God is not wanting to lose the battle for your children because we'll stand in the church and be quiet about issues because I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want you to think, oh, you know, Kevin Killjoy. No offense, Kev. (laughs) Is this landing okay? Okay. There are, there are tools that you can use. Kids, Gabriel, AP, Tatum, and Casey, and Michaela, and the rest of the boys sitting at front, and the rest of the kids sitting around. I want to let you know that I love you, and your mommy and your daddy love you too. And because we love you, I will fight for you. I will stand at the door, and I will ward off the evil that wants to come and kill you. And I'm with your parents, and Rian is with you, and the rest of the leadership team are with you as families. There's no condemnation. I'm not asking for a response this morning. I'm asking for nothing. We're going to do one thing, and then we're going to finish off our day, and we can have some coffee. But guys, the war is on for your children. The war is on for your kids. And I need to tell you, the enemy, is, he's, he's got them in the sights. He's coming for William. He's coming for Tatum. He's coming for Casey. He's coming for Matthew and for Emma. He's coming for Dane. He's coming for them. He wants to destroy them. And he knows if he can get them now, it's going to be a lot harder for someone to fix them when they're your age. So as families, we need to stand together on this thing. We need to go, actually, you know what? I'm going to start to make a change. I'm going to start to relook at how my family is running. Men, it's going to start with you. And we should hold each other to account on this thing. We should. You can come and ask me, Sean, what are you doing? I've got an application called Accountable to You. That thing is super sensitive. On every single one of my kids' devices, it's installed. Yes, it costs me 160 rand a month that I don't have, but I will spend it. Why? Because I need to protect my kids. Every every, Every device in my house that logs onto the internet is using my Google Chrome account, which basically means that anything that gets searched in my house, I can see in the history. YouTube, Safari, phone, tablet, TV, whatever it is. Am I a micromanager? Am I somebody that's trying to be a control? Am I the leader of this cult that's trying to control you? No, I'm not. <laughs> Sorry, that's a cheap shot at someone, but we've been called a cult. And people have told me I'm trying to control their lives. I'm not trying to control your lives. Do what you want. We'll compare kids in 18 years and see who wins. Sorry, that sounds a little bit harsh. I'm not trying to be harsh. But, but I, I believe in what I'm doing. And I've got a wife that holds me accountable for it. Wives, you need to challenge your husbands. Hubbies, you need to stand up. Men, we need to help our friends. All right. Feels like that landed a lot heavier than I wanted it to. And I don't want it to. I love you guys. I don't think you know. Like, this is a hard message. It's shared in love. Why? Because I, I can't stand before him one day. And he goes, Sean, did you tell them? And I go, no, Lord, I was so, I'm sorry, but I was scared. 
I thought I might offend them. Maybe someone would leave the church. I won't. I will not compromise because you are worth it. Your children are worth it. 